0: I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition, flow inside my DNA. I was born like
1: this. Welcome to the first ever episode of the 1% Man, the part of 1% Man. And this is a podcast or talk show, whatever you want to call it. The reason I wanted to do this is to help men around the world to understand what masculinity is really all about. When I started posting stuff on Instagram and stuff like that, I thought, Every information is available out there that helps you become a capable man. Apparently, a lot of men reach out to me, hundreds of messages every day, asking about some of the basic things I thought is already understood. So I thought, let's make a show wherein I can share my experiences and bring in the right people who can share their life story. And from then you can you can pick things that, you, that can really help you. Um, I don't sell any products. I have no ulterior motives. My only intention is to share hope and courage to you and if that helps you great uh you know it's good karma i appreciate that um, the podcast will be based on three or four concepts the number one concept will be how to become a stronger better version of yourself to become strong you need to be fitter you need to have combat seals that's why the gloves are on board you need to be able to protect yourself your family members your children whoever that is you need to have a strong mind to handle the stress and the troubles that comes with being a man so you need to have a strong mind third is obviously money without money a lot of the things in the world is not available to you um, being a confident capable man Part of that also comes at having success, which is, part, which is money. Um, and relationships, I mean, young men reach out to me asking for, you know, meeting, how to meet beautiful women and older men reach out to me asking advice on divorce. So men are lost in general. So I wanted to bring all these aspects together and help men understand what masculinity is truly about. Now, my, today my guest is a legend. In the mixed martial arts space, he's a ex-UFC middleweight fighter. He uh, he's known. He's a he's a he's a massive guy, and he cannot be he cannot hide in the shadows. Let's just say, and he's a scary dude, a wonderful human being, and a good friend of mine. Luke,
0: big big slow Barnett. How are you, brother? I'm very Welcome. well. Very well. Thank you very Thanks much for, for coming. having me, mate. The cannot hide in the shadows. <laughs> I like that. Big big scary individual. <laughs> I'm a loving guy. I'm lovely people, but they, they tend to not see that. You know, when I first meet somebody, they think I'm this big, scary guy. And I'm like, come on, I just, just want to have fun. It's just a to years, is the years, man. I mean, it's just dead these, giveaway. these are well-earned. These are well-earned. You know, I, there's kids in Brazil that rub their ears like this forever just to get it, just to, to pretend that they could have ears like this. This is, this is well-earned. But no, I believe like the mission with this podcast is incredible what you're trying to do and, and help young men now because like you said, most, young men are very very lost they're lost in the world and I I remember me growing up I wanted to become a strong individual I wanted to become a superhero you know when you're a 12, 13 year old kid you want to grow up and become Superman and now it feels like being masculine is almost like a curse like a a problem Um, so they're trying to demonize it and make it a bad thing and I I feel like it's our responsibility to to show the the younger generation coming through that what being a masculine man is all about
1: exactly and the, the common word thrown around is toxic no?
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of took that a little bit and started calling myself Toxic Luke because I feel like if you're going to use that as an insult, as a bad thing, say toxic masculinity. I'm the most toxic masculine <laughs> man alive, so <laughs> might as well call me Toxic Luke. So you did it, that for a living, <laughs> smash people's faces. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it worked out all right for me. And uh, I think one of the important things you said in the intro is like having the capability to protect the people that you love. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something that, because the world's so safe now, You know, and the guise of safety is just stripping us of all of these things. But if you can't protect the people that you love about and you care about, you know, what use are you as a man? That's the reality. If if something happens, if you're at a restaurant or a bar or anything and something goes down, you have to have that capability. I'm not saying that they they talk about um, being... Well, what's the phrase? Being a warrior in a garden is better than being a gardener in a war. Correct. It's like having the capability to be a dangerous individual and to cause damage is very different from being a violent man. I'm not not saying you should be violent and you should cause harm, but you should be capable of doing that because then you can protect the people that you love.
1: Yeah. And that's important. You must have seen videos on Twitter where guys get into bar fights drunk. And there's knocking people out, and I, I had a tweet. I really, I said in a tweet that this is why you should know how to at least defend yourself. Don't, don't go fighting people and get in the cage. At least defend yourself. I
0: didn't have to be Instagram. I spent five, six years working as a doorman, like in security back in the day when I was yeah. younger, and so you could see the you know, the tension build and rise in like an argument. You can sit there, yeah. it's always a woman. A woman's always the nucleus. She's always yeah. the center. Even if she's not physically there, she's still yeah, yeah, the reason yeah. the guys are arguing, uh, always. Absolutely. So, and then you see someone get knocked out or someone get hurt or someone not know what they're doing or someone get bold or someone, you know, and it's just, you just think how do these guys not know basic, basic, basic movement to be able to stop these things from happening, Yeah. you know? So it's, it's an important, important lesson. And obviously me sitting here, 15, 16 years of professional fighting experience, it's easy to say, oh, everyone should be able to fight. But everyone has the same options as a young man. I think when you you become 15, 16, 17, that's when you start to realize that the world's about, like being a man is hard work and you have to be able to dominate certain situations as a man, I
1: believe. That's true. That's true, and I tell this to a lot of people when people reach out to me and say, how do I make money, how do I do this, how do I find beautiful girls, and so on. I said, it's it, it's the other thing also. The way, when you ask a woman, 99% of them will say, what do you like in a man? Confidence. They don't even know what they're saying. To, for a man to be truly confident, he needs to have all these things sorted out. He needs to be strong, he needs to know he can fight, first of all, at least defend himself. right? He needs to have his mind in order, mm-hmm. house in order. He needs to make a bit of money. He needs to be respected by other men. If he doesn't have all of those things, which they call toxic, <laughs> he can pretend like these you a know, pickup artist. But that will fall away in one night, right? So, ha- having confidence, truly being a capable man, starts with being able to fight and having a fit, strong body.
0: I think exactly. I think being able to fight is definitely an advantage. But it's the it's what the byproducts of being able to fight. Yeah. Like you said, being in physical shape. being being strong being a man of even if you're a smaller guy like if you're five foot five like the the story when i started to to fight is great because i used to do i said i used to do security so i used to work with a guy called jack and he was five ten, which is average height i'm a giant i'm six foot six two meters so i didn't notice i didn't notice yeah exactly so (laughs) to me he was small you know i was like oh that's this small small guy you know whatever i could i'm smash this guy no problem and I used to make jokes and work on the door with him, but he was a professional cage fighter at the time, you know, but nice. I said, "Oh, whatever, you're tiny, don't worry about it. And he said, I'll oh, come down the gym and train. And I trained a little bit before that, but he took me to the tsunami gym in Cambridge. It was like an hour and a half drive. And we were going to like fight, you know, me and Jack, and he was going to prove that he was a bigger man than me and all this all sort right, of stuff. Right, okay. And we go to the gym and he said, oh, no, you're not, you're not going to train with me. You're going to train with this guy. And it was a guy called Robbie Olivier. He's five foot five. He used to fight at 66 kilos as a featherweight. And he raped me. <laughs> like destroyed me. There, there, was, there was four guys on the mat I remember. Robbie Olivier, a guy named John Maguire. Jiu-jitsu? No, no, it was MMA. Oh, was somebody, oh okay. So MMA, um, John Maguire, Tommy Maguire, and AJ Wen. These were the, and Jack, obviously, with there, and myself. Mm. And there was a few other guys, but th- these are the guys that I remember distinctly going there, training with them. They were all a lot smaller than me, and they, like, embarrassed me like destroyed wow. me threw me around like the robbie was really really good at this judo throw and he used to catch me with it a lot and i would go flying and it'd be like this tiny little guy throwing me around like a rag doll then the, the, these two brothers beating me up aj used to destroy me and i remember getting back in the car afterwards i didn't even train with jack the guy yeah. that i was challenging and trying to be like the alpha you know what i yeah, mean yeah. oh fucking smash you no so I get back in the car I sit there like <laughs> embarrassed, <laughs> you know, and I got to drive an hour and a half back with Jack. And he just, you can see anyone who knows Jack, he's got this like little smile, this little smirk, and he just sits there like so happy with God, you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sure. So, this inspired me to learn yeah. how to fight because I had the ego and I had to look at me, a big, big, fucking strong guy, whatever. And then I got smashed to pieces by a five foot five, 70 kilo guy, you know, and I, I couldn't live with myself. Yeah. I literally went home and I couldn't sleep because yeah. I was like, how can I be a man walking the streets knowing that some 66, 70 kilo guy could just come do whatever he wants, like literally whatever he wanted to me at this time. Like now, if you, you mentioned jujitsu, if you go to Jiu Jitsu gym, doesn't matter how big you are but as a, as a white belt or a beginner and you train with a blue belt yeah. you've been training six months to, to a yeah. year they will smash you yeah, like destroy you That's yeah i've been there and it's like it, it's a real wake-up call it's like oh my god i know nothing right so i was walking the streets like i can't i can't live knowing that this guy could happen so this could happen to me this guy could beat me up so i decided to start training and it took it, it took over my life very 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 quickly because i was like i was so deeply ashamed of myself I, I, honestly i can't explain it in this kind jack how old were you then 19. Oh, so it was say. the beginning of the beginning yeah. yeah it was the beginning of the beginning okay. I, I was young and I, and I but it was like when your ego's at the max when you're yeah. a young man you know when you're growing up and you're trying to find your place in the world yeah and it really really stuck with me and i, I couldn't yeah, I had, to, I had to become good at it. I had to be- know how to fight. Like, and, and I was a, I was a nerd, you know? When I was gr- growing up, I tell this, when I was a kid, I used to play computer games back when it, I mean, it's not cool now. I'm still a nerd, but it's acceptable now. Call of Duty, all this crap that people yeah, play on yeah. PlayStation. Yeah. Back in the day, when I was 15, 14, 13, I used to play a thing. Uh, I played a game called Tibia, if anyone knows what that is, they're a nerd too. But I also I used to play Tactical Ops, which is basically, yeah. Uh, Call of Duty, but on the PC a millennium ago, like forever ago. Okay. And I used to play a lot. And when I say a lot, when you're in England, in the UK, we get six weeks holiday for summer. Yeah. And I left the house maybe twice. (laughs) The rest of the time I'd be spending 14, 16 hour days playing this game. And this was before, again, before it was like common, you know, and I had a headset and I was like part of this team and I was, you know, and this was like my group. This was my guys, you know, we would go and play Fucking shooting people, and yeah. uh, I was a nerd. I was never physically active. Really, I played a bit of basketball, but I'm a giant. So were you really Were you bullied in school? Definitely, hugely. Because my because you're big. I was big, like not not. I was big and skinny, but it was more because of my my family, my parents. My mother was Jehovah's Witness. I grew up as Jehovah's Witness, so I was different. You know, I lived in, grew up in London. I did, did fine there. I left when I was 10 or 11 and I moved to Essex. And okay. when I started my new school, I was the outside kid. Right. I didn't know anybody right. and I was Jehovah's Witness. So I didn't celebrate Christmas. I didn't celebrate birthdays. I didn't. I was I was different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I got picked on a lot because of that. And once they see weakness in you, they just attack yeah. and attack and attack. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. And I took it. I was like, fine. Then that, that's why I found solace in computer games and I found solace in being a nerd and, and all that sort of stuff. And I had I had my group of friends, we were all nerds, you know? And then I grew up and I got to like 15, 16, 17 and I started becoming a bit more wanting to go out in the real world and, and do that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I, I was, I've always been big, I've always been tall and I used to always stick up for some reason. I couldn't fight, didn't know how to fight but I obviously had this rage inside me. Yeah. When we went to a bar, someone would insult my friend or something bullshit would happen because you were 17 getting drunk and I would be the guy that would stand there and be like no like if you insulted my friend and you swore at my friend I would not let you leave until you apologized I wouldn't start a fight with you I wouldn't hit you over the back of the head aggressively but I would start you can't leave no you have to apologize to my friend what you did is not and it would just end up being a fight because I, I was like searching for it you know I don't know why um it was just frustration. I didn't have an outlet or whatever it was. And then and I ended I up fighting I've been through arts. the same
1: kind of timeline. I've been, I was bullied a lot too because I was big, I was tall and all the things, big ears, buck tooth and all of that stuff. <laughs> and I was always in a corner. I was not accepted by the cool guys. And I couldn't step out of the class or step out of my home because people are waiting outside to throw stuff at me and this call me names all kinds of stuff right Mm -hmm. i went through that for 10 years since eight to probably 17 18 and then i lost it one day i took i took a big chain which the bicycle chain Mm -hmm. wrapped around my hands and i went out and i started smashing guys with it um and then i got into a lot of fights and trouble because i was pent up anger so yeah i clearly understand we all go through the same kind of timeline
0: yeah i think it's it's natural part of growing up Um, but I was like, you said bullied, put into a corner and I I had enough. I I found my way out. I fought my way out Um, and it ended up me being like a tough guy. I wasn't really like a tough guy. I'm quite soft actually, but like that's what I was my persona, you know? And then I started doing doors and security and that's when I met Jack and I challenged him to this fight because I thought I was a tough guy and he took me to the gym and everyone beat the shit out (laughs) of me. And then I actually became a tough guy. So it was like, uh, it all worked out in the end.
1: Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. To get into your fighter's journey, how did you... Most people, most fighters I talk to don't really get into to, to, to do it for long term. Either it's just a trial amateur, wanna make a bit of money, blah, blah, blah. What was your journey like? How did you get into Why did you get into it?
0: Well, it was like, it was accidental. It was through the, like I said, with Jack. Um, yeah. And then I, I said I could not live without being able to defend myself as a yeah. man. I felt in, inferior, insecure, whatever you wanna call it. So yeah. I had to rectify that. And I was super fortunate that jack and the guys that i trained with were extremely talented yeah. so i joined the right gym with the right people and i became obsessed by it yeah so six months after that or maybe it was eight months after that i had my first fight and i, I was just I, I was surrounded by professionals you know like we'll but
1: d- did you know sorry did you know immediately you're good
0: at it no i was awful you're I was awful. awful. I was terrible. I was I was uncoordinated. I was useless. Like if you went you, MMA or you started boxing? Started boxing? MMA. Okay. That's, that's what oh, I'm saying. Wow. First thing I did that's was tough.
1: MMA. That's tough.
0: First, this gym I went to was an MMA gym. Every, it was just how it was. But yeah. I was useless. And any one of my friends that has known me since school, since I was bullied and all this sort of stuff, they'll tell you I was like this unathletic, like gangly kid. You know. Yeah. But I had to change that. So that's what I did. I started playing, I fell in love with it, and I think. I didn't fall in love with fighting. This Is what I worked out retrospectively. Yeah. I fell in love with the brotherhood of fighting. Okay. My group, you know, like I mentioned, the guys Jack, John, AJ, mm-hmm. Robbie, like the guys, yep. they became like my support network, and I wanted to be more like them, you know. So yep. I was surrounding myself with the right people. They were all very positive, and I and I, I just wanted the first fight I had. I kind of did it for them, not for myself. Mm-hmm. I did it because I wanted to prove I could do this too. I'm a you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I fought a guy called Alan Packman uh, in South End and Robbie was in my corner. I went out and I fought the guy in the first round. I had no idea what I was doing. I still couldn't fight. I was still useless, uncoordinated, and my hands were here. And, uh, and the, this guy, Alan, was pretty good, pretty athletic. He became a very, very good jiu-jitsu fighter after that. And uh, he hit me with overhand right, which was as a tall guy has always been a problem, but my hands were like here. So I got whacked, whacked, whacked. Um, and I remember going back, in between rounds one and two, I went back to my corner and I said to Robbie, I think I broke my jaw because uh, I got hit so many times, but I don't know. I'm that was your first fight? First ever fight, yeah. amateur first ever fight. And I, I went to the corner and he said, I'll oh, open your mouth. And I opened and he said, no, 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 you're fine. You've cracked a few teeth, but everything's okay. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I mean, cracking teeth is pretty bad, but okay, cool. So I went back out. I won by knockout or TKO or, you know, I, I finished the fight and I come back and Robbie taps me on the back. He's like, Well, go to the hospital. You broke your jaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he lied to me because because he wanted me to win the fight. Yeah. Because this is what so this is how I say I was fortunate that I was surrounded by masculine men that were yeah. like, No, the doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter what happens. The, the, like the thing about fighting is those 15 minutes, like does it's like going to war. You either yeah. win or you lose. yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. That's it. There's yeah. two options. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if your jaw's broken, you're gonna win. Your arm broke, doesn't matter. Like if your left hand's broke punch with your right hand that's the mentality that you like get indoctrinated into or I did with this gym because I was super fortunate Mm. so I won that fight and and that's kind of where the story began I didn't have any high lofty expectations of myself at this point I was just doing it to become better at fighting you know I didn't I know a lot of guys, like you say, they do it. For, have one fight because they want to have that adrenaline rush. I'm not like an adrenaline junkie. Mm. You saw me in the car yesterday. Uh, we went out in the Lambo mm. and I'm... <laughs> I don't enjoy it. I'm not, I don't want to go fast. I want to go slow, calm. I'm not like a, yes. a adrenaline guy, you know? Yeah. So I never fought for that reason. Uh, mm. I never fought to impress anybody apart from the guys in my gym. I just did it as like part of my own journey. And I think this is a big issue now with fighting. I think a lot of people fight for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know, they they see the Conor McGregors and the people making loads of money and they fight for the for the fame or for the girls or for whatever. This is 20 years ago. It's not quite 20 years ago. I'm not that old, but it's, it's 15, 16 yeah. years ago. Yeah. No one give a shit. Like it was like, I was scum. Exactly. People exactly. look down at you. If you yeah. said you were a cage fighter, people were like, this guy's a scumbag. Yeah. You know, so it definitely wasn't elevating Fresh my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, guys covered in tattoos, mm. whatever. It wasn't, Improve it people weren't looking at me in a better light because I was fighting in a cage Yeah, so I was doing it because I felt I, I, I needed to do it. It was a real Deep need for me.
1: Is it so I have this question for you. Is it a need to Prove to other people's and people and yourself something
0: I think Everyone wants to say that they do everything for themselves and they don't care about other people's opinions I'm one of those guys that I, I always say I don't give a fuck about people of course I do. Everyone does. Everyone yeah. cares about, so how I think about it is you care about the opinion of men above you. The men that's that you're trying to impress are always at these guys. Yeah, that's you don't true. give a fuck about the people below you. You just say, yeah. oh, this guy, whatever. I don't care if they So when people say, I don't give a fuck about people's opinions. Now they don't care about some people's opinions, Yeah. but most guys care about other people's opinions. So for yeah. me, it was just the guys in the gym, my friends, My family, I didn't care about their opinion. Mm. I cared about these guys, this brotherhood, this group. They were the people that I was trying to impress, if you want to call it that. But if you look at this, you know, in common circles now, it's super important because that's why it's so important who you surround yourself with. Correct. If you surround yourself with successful, in great shape, good with girls, all these things and you wanna impress those people by becoming those things. So it's a positive thing. It's not a negative thing that you are you care about people's opinions. Yeah. It depends how you frame it. If you care about people's opinions and it's holding you back and you're afraid, yeah. then that's a problem. But if you're inspired by the people around you to be better, yep. sweet, that's what we want, you know? Exactly. So that's how I was. I was framed it like I was, I was inspired by these guys that were better than me. They beat the shit me every day. Every day I lost, I lost every round in the gym every round in the gym for two or three years. Like I got oh. smashed. Everyone says that. I, and I remember distinctly, it was like six months in. And I, so just so you know, I used to live in Essex in Chelpsford and we used to drive to Cambridge. It was like an hour and a half to mm. go training. Like, mm. And then train for two hours and then drive back. So it was yeah. a whole day. Yeah. So I used to work in London. Uh, I would travel to London, it took me an hour. I'd work all day, travel back, it took me an hour. I'd meet Jack at the train station. We'd drive to Cambridge, train and then drive back. Then I'd wake up at 6 a.m. the next day and go wow. to work. So it was long. Yeah, um, so you were kind of bad at it, but you still did it. For I was super eight. bad at it, not kind of bad at it, super bad at it, and that's why I had to do it. But yeah. so it I started by twice a week. I'd go twice a week every Tuesday and Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. And then I started picking up tie boxing on a Monday. thinking every, then, awesome. it be, then it became twice a day. So then I on my lunch break I'd go to the gym, come back, like do physical training, then go to tie boxing, whatever. But the main trip was the Cambridge trip. That's yeah. where the, the the high level guys were. And It was six months in, seven months in, something like that. And I remember Jack looking at me, going, "Can't believe you're still here." Like loads of people have done what you are doing. Yeah. Like have said to me, "Oh, I want to be a fighter." Well, they've come to two or three sessions and they've given up. Yeah, you it's get tough, mate. You get beaten up every fucking day. So you get he you see, like I never win, and you're still here. I'm like six, seven months in, and that's the difference. That was, that was the only difference between me and then anyone else that tried to do it with Jack is that I just kept showing up and I kept doing it and I kept going through the pain and the suffering and then I come through the other side of it. But I see it now because I've, I've been in the game a while. Since I joined that gym in Cambridge, there was like one other guy that, that, that did any good, you know, because it's, like I said, it's hard. It's, it's hard. a hard life. It's very hard life. Yeah, and it's embracing that sort of level of difficulty and coming through the other side of it and, do, and excelling and doing well at it is like incredibly rare. Like I didn't appreciate it at the time because I was just doing it. Like most things in life, during the action, you just move. You, know, you just yeah. keep going, look forward, look forward, look forward. But now I look back, I'm like, I know a handful of guys. I still know the same guys that I've known for like 10 guys that are any good at this. This whole sport that I've met in my whole life. Yeah. you know everyone else just falls by the wayside everyone else oh, they make an excuse i've got this i've got this i've got this there's only like a few guys that really do it and i think it's the same in our in the real world with business and all the other things there's guys that pretend that they want to do it and they pretend they'll put the work in and they then they show up three or four times and then fuck this is too hard and they give up and they go back to the normal job this is true uh,
1: so can i make an assumption not an assumption so can i say that the reason you were doing it is to gain the respect of these men that you respected.
0: 100%. So
1: this goes back to that same concept of building true confidence within yourself. One is obviously being the right network, but not in the network of a bunch of losers who go to brunches and go drink every weekend, but real professional, real good men. And to be in their group, to earn their respect, is not easy. And once they respect you, that's a badge of honor. Forget the watches and the cars. I truly like that part
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so we, we we talk about again just to go back i told you my six month nine month journey or whatever yeah. i mentioned his name at the beginning uh tommy Maguire. yeah tommy's a gypsy uh, and he's a real fighting man a fighter's yeah. man yeah. and he did not speak to me because he thought i was just some he called me a rich kid i'm not like you know like because i was from the city and some posh kid yeah, yeah just trying to like have a fight and just whatever yeah. I, I didn't have his respect out of everyone. Everyone has treated me pretty well, but Tommy was like, fuck this guy. That one, mm. Why is he coming to the gym? Who's this guy? Yeah. Like, he shouldn't be here. Like, yeah. he felt like I didn't belong because, you know, I was an outsider, whatever it was. I went through that nine-month period, and when I broke my jaw and I carried on fighting and I won, he came up to me after the fight, and he was like, well done, bro. I shook my hand. And I remember, I remember it so well because to earn his respect, it took that. You know, it took me nine months of suffering, having a fight, breaking my jaw, and continuing. That's what, that's the again like being good at fighting or being good at business or being good at life and winning 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 that doesn't earn anyone's respect if you're born rich and you've got loads of money and you just live this rich life yeah. there's no respect there yeah. because you didn't earn nothing you know yeah. shit you have to go through the hardship and that's what tommy made like before he even fucking spoke to me i had to get my jaw broken and then he, we became close and, and and he helped me a lot you know in, in the, the future from there but yeah i definitely to start with uh, did it, start finding to the the respect of, of my brothers or the men in the gym, for sure. Mm,
1: that's true. Earning their respect is key. One, questions I, one question I get a lot is from, obviously, we are in very special networks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are connected with the right people. The, a lot of people don't have access to that kind of network. They might be in Indonesia, Thailand, wherever they are. Um, l- I know that for a fact that your environment makes a lot of difference to where you are right now where you're gonna go. So what would you advise people like that who don't have that support network? And they're like, where could they find it? What can they do?
0: I mean, it's a difficult one for sure. It because um, it comes down to geographically a lot, a lot of the yeah. time. But I, I get asked the same question all the time because I always say, surround yourself with, with good people, Yeah. right? And the people say to me, well, how do I do that? Exactly. Well, become a good person. Like build your, so, so I'm super, our networks and we're surrounded by high level people. I'm super fortunate because I'm in this network of high high net worth individuals and loads of people doing things and they want to speak to me because I'm this guy who had this amazing journey in fighting. I earned that, you know, I earned that. So if I was 20, they wouldn't want to talk to me, you know? And then we have, everyone has different successes within the network of different things. So if you're trying to surround yourself with high quality men, become a high quality man and you attract them. It's like, it's almost like women. It's the same sort of thing. If If you want to go get a 10, You've got to be a 10, you know yeah, what I mean? It doesn't yeah. just, you can't just be a four and expect that, you know, and it's the same with relationships with men. You need to build yourself up. So if you're in Indonesia or the Philippines or wherever you are, and you're struggling to find, you know, good quality men, become a good quality man and, and get to the gym and get in shape and, yeah. and start reading the right books and create, you know, creating the right energy to then go out and project that on the world. That would be my advice straight away. Get to the gym. Fighting gym is a great place to start yeah. because there's normally, you know, the fighting gyms are a funny place because they're very masculine and they build masculine traits, but a lot of guys in fighting gyms are running away from the real world. Mm. That's why I, I feel like that's kind of, like later in my story, that's kind of what I was doing. I was trying to, I hated the real, the the actual path, you know, like get a job, go to career. I never went to uni. I never did any of that sort of stuff. This was like my, it was almost like escapism. Like yeah. I'm going to do my own thing. So a lot of guys are running away from the real world in fight gyms, but they have, like this this energy, this masculine energy that can build you up. And the, if you can protect yourself and you can grow your body and you can get in shape, it's it's, it's a big first step. Mm.
1: So what would you say, what would you tell young guys, let's say a guy, 19, 20, he's growing up and a man who's 35 plus going through a divorce or whatever life <laughs> issues. What would you tell him, to to be a better man, to be, get stronger, fitter, what would be your advice? What are the steps that he needs to take?
0: Well, it depends on where you are, obviously, yeah. but let's say, okay, so you're 19, 20, and you're 19, unlimited 20. Unlimited energy. Unlimited energy, yeah. unlimited potential, unlimited, you could do anything you want in your yeah. life. Three years, you could become a completely different man. That's true. You know, and I, I always use three years as an example, because it took me three years to get to the UFC. So mm. from, from, from me turning, starting to fight, to get into the UFC, yeah. I mean, to start a fight properly when I started taking professional fights took three years. 15 yeah. months so and yeah. I three years. But anyway, it's like the three-year period you can completely change who you are. So if you're 18, you're only going to be 21. If you yeah. really put a, all of your effort into something for three years and if that's to start a business, if that's to become a fighter, if that's to do something special with your life, three years is nothing. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But when you're a kid, you think three years is forever. And I get that because you've, you've not lived. Yeah. But... I think that the problem for young people is finding direction, right? So they're not, oh, I don't know what to do with my life, or oh, I don't know if I wanna do this, or, I wanna do, that. just do all of it. Like, like the, the, if you can get motion going, you can find your path. If you don't have any motion, you just sit there and think, oh, I don't know what to do. So like, well, wait tables. You might yeah. get in a conversation with some People think life's like linear like this, yeah. you know? Yeah. They don't realize that if you just start moving, Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Yeah. But if you sit still and just, oh, I don't know, like, uh, you're screwed. So just start. So young, I would definitely, definitely advise people to fight because it 100% makes you face every fear you can think of. It's the scariest thing in the world. Apart from going to war, you know, it is the scariest thing to do. Things. It is the hardest sport in the world yeah. because it has every aspect in it. the nutrition, cutting weight, fighting another man who you have to prepare for. You have to say, oh, we're gonna fight in three months. You have to think about you every day for three months. You got the mental toughness. There's everything. Obsessed over it. It's it's men, it's crazy. When when I think about it now, it's crazy. So it's extremely challenging. Mm. And that's what young men are missing. The world is so safe, so easy, so bland now. Yeah, Yeah. safety, 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 comfort, comfort, comfort. We're taught to become comfortable. It's the complete wrong advice. You don't want to be comfortable. You want to be uncomfortable. You want to push through problems and, and become a better version of yourself. Because if you have a problem, you have to figure out how to solve it, to yeah. get past it, to work past it. If it's a physical problem, a mental problem, a relationship problem, a money problem, whatever it is, Yeah. you have to figure out the the answer. Correct. If you're trying to find comfort, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> you know. So, but everyone that like, I want a comfortable life. Fucking no, no one. Anyone who's achieved anything great has never had a comfortable life. That's true. It's the reality. You That's know. True. So. I think that advice is bullshit and i think the problem is that young men are especially with social media and they
1: are oh, massively misinformed and confused yeah because what i'm seeing is a lot of people and i, I don't blame them because the whole the youth only sees TikTok and on instagram and there are obviously a bunch of young kids pretending to live a lifestyles to sell some bullshit course mm-hmm. and then they they keep seeing this on shorts and then that kind of messes with your mind like a shit this guy has this i don't have anything so what do I do? And then they kept getting manipulated by these people, which is fine to invest in byproducts. You've got to try that out. But the idea for them is different. I want to buy a Lambo. For some reason, Lambo is a symbol, symbol of suck, you know, being an alpha. It's not true. I Lambo isn't that a great of a car, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Lambo that you want. You, you're fat and you're skinny or a nerd. What's the point? Lambo's Lambo. Lambo's going to look good when you step out of a uh, crypto nerd. This yeah. happens a lot of crypto dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see these crypto guys, millions of dollars are worth. They can't have a conversation with you. They're already intimidated. They're far richer than me. I get it. But they just made their money out of thin air.
0: They haven't made the fundamentals. They haven't been through the suffering. Yeah. They haven't been through the hard work. They, they haven't have- been through the challenge. So the way I try and phrase it, like you said, let's use Lambo as an example. Buying a Lambo, the idea of having a Lambo to a lot of guys is like, the end goal or whatever yeah, yeah it's like you don't want a lambo you want to be the man who is capable to buy a lambo correct that's what you want you want to become that man that is, is able to make the money that he's going to be able to purchase the car you don't the card because after you drive the car you're like okay i bought a lambo yeah. now sweet yeah. like the the goal is empty it's yes. done yes. as soon as you achieve it so you don't want the lambo you want to be the man that can can afford and can he's capable of buying a lambo if you're a crypto nerd and he just goes moon boom loads of money I buy. you didn't deserve that Lambert yeah so if you didn't deserve it you almost feel bad driving it It almost makes you depressed that's why you see a lot of like uh you have the lottery in the uk i'm sure you have it everywhere yeah, but yeah. lottery winners they become depressed yes because and they, they lose
1: it in the next five years of studies yeah. so yeah. millions of dollars Yeah.
0: because they don't know what to do with it and yeah. they just spend it because they don't they don't deserve it they buy bullshit and then, yeah. they, then they lose it all then they're a normal guy again and they're depressed yeah and it ruins their life it yeah. almost is a negative for them to get all it that is. money you know it so it's the same with these crypto nerds is like it there's some guys that make all the money and they're smart and they think about what to do with it but there's a lot of guys that make it boom go to the club spend a load of money don't know what they're doing can't talk to people and they just become depressed and they sit and they get fat and they become a loser and it's it comes down to the fundamental that they're not they're not a man of quality that deserves to be living the lifestyle that they're living because they've not earned it by yep. listen there's some guys out there that are really working with the crypto and they understand it. And then, you know, they didn't just moon a, a stupid yeah. shit coin and they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they do deserve it. And they've yeah. gone through hard times. Being a trader is not easy, you know, no, but it's, it's tough. There's certain guys, 19, 20 years old, that boom, millionaires overnight. And it, it's.
1: That makes them a target, though. I met a few and they've complained yeah. that, you know, I have women taking advantage of me, you know, good people after me on social media. I'm getting death threats. It makes them a big target. And then. Um, there was there was a study that recently was released a couple of months ago and I saw that some, who were this psychopaths and criminals convicted criminals who have shown videos of people walking around the street and they were asked a question who would you attack I don't know what the idea of this is mm-hmm. it's a study of body language and they all picked the people with the weak body language people on the phone slouching you know sloppy they never picked the guy he walked up straight looks straight he's aware of his surroundings they always pick the weaklings and these these crypto guys and i'm not picking on crypto guys but <laughs> in general people who made yeah. money quick and they're super young haven't gone through the the steps look like targets to me i mean i, I could take some money off them yeah. It. <laughs> so yeah so and every time they do that then they want to spend that money on get into networks and you know gain respect from these other people that have actually gone through the steps and it's
0: hardly... Uh, sorry to interrupt, but the, yeah. and the, this, the thing about Dubai especially, I was in Dubai mall yesterday or the day before walking around. There's money everywhere. Oh, Everyone's got money. Everyone's got a Lambo. It means nothing. It, means it is limitless, endless. Like, So if your goal is to make 10 million, 100 million, whatever it is, and that is your complete fixation on, that is how you value the value of a man, yeah. you're screwed. Because it, uh, here, money means nothing. No. So value like if you meet a guy that's got hundred plus million, he doesn't want to, oh, you've got to who gives a shit? You've got money. I, I've got money. Money doesn't mean anything. Yep. Once you have it, it's like they, the phrase that goes around there is money isn't real. right? Yep. So money isn't real. What does that mean? It means like, I know they, it's just numbers on the screen all that sort of stuff. But what I'm saying is once you have a certain amount of money, doesn't matter. It's got no value. Yeah, It's got zero value because yeah. everyone's got money. Everyone I speak to has got money. We've all got money. So, yeah, exactly. so what are the characteristic traits? What can you bring to the table? Your intellect, your knowledge, your circle. They're, they're the things that are important. That's yeah. how you gain respect from people. If you have got loads of money, but you can't walk up to a girl and talk to her. You can't sell a product. You can't have a conversation. You, you don't know nobody. Well, fuck, you, you're useless, you know? So that's what these guys don't understand. Money is... is it's always what people think is the end goal, the most important thing. And we, we spoke at the beginning of the things you need to have on this podcast and yeah. money's one of them. Yeah. Obviously you need to be financially stable, yeah. but it's like, a, I don't know how to, like at the beginning it's the most important thing, but then once you get it, it's the least important thing. Yeah. So it's like across those three, four things, it's the most important until you have it, then it's the least important. It's such a, a that hard thing to explain to people that don't have money. Yeah. If you don't have any money, it's like, yeah, money's not important. they like, well, it's important to me because I got to pay my fucking bills. It's like, yeah, but once you get past a certain amount, there yeah. was a study I think on, it's something arbitrary like 100 grand a year or something like that. Anything about 100 grand a year, you just go on a nicer holiday. You have a nicer car. Exactly. You have a nicer house, but, yeah. but it doesn't really change the... Like the value of your life, you know what I mean? Yeah, obviously there's a big difference we making hundred grand a year and making 10 million a year, but it just means you've got nicer th- nicer stuff. It doesn't make you a better man. You know what I mean? It's a big difference.
1: Yeah. I've asked that questions to a couple of very high net with individuals and they're like, oh, you know, money's not important. These are people with, you know, old money. Money's not that important. You know, money's this, money's that. And they, they dress sensibly, but they have got the most expensive cars and all of that stuff. Yeah, in their perspective, it's true. And like you said, after a certain point, it doesn't. Like, how many times do we go out for dinners and spend, when we go out thousands of dollars and we don't even notice it's gone, right? No. Imagine having hundreds of millions of dollars, eight million dollars for Bugatti Devo, whatever. It's the same thing, <laughs> right? Anyway, th- there is, I want to ask you another question before we get onto your journey uh, as a fighter and your career. Um, there is a subset of society that's not been talked about, which I, I've noticed recently and I've interacted with them, as men over 35 or men over 55, let's say 50, 55, who are in relationships, have children and whatever, and they go into this cycle of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. You know, Then they go you know, get drunk, have multiple affairs, ruin their marriage, their kids' lives and whatever, and they look hopeless, they look lifeless and um, and there are men who have been in long relationships where their wives leave them and they get into depressions I've, I've spoken to a few men like that as well completely hopeless so that that subset of the society was put in the work but mm-hmm. fell into the system the old beliefs of the system you got to do all of these things and then your life's happy right away in the sunset what would you tell those men In terms of, they put in the work, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they put in the work on the wrong things probably, and they ended up in a place where they didn't want to end up in.
0: Well, maybe, or maybe they ended up in the place where they thought they were supposed to be. They were, yeah, exactly, two point four children, whatever. It's like nice house, nice car, a couple of kids, married. Life's over. Yeah, you know, it's like if you're, I'm turning thirty-five this year. I've got two kids. I'm married, so I'm like at the beginning of that stage, let's say. But Mm -hmm. I feel like your purpose in life has to evolve. That's true. So once you get to the stage where you have a family and obviously you want to provide everyone says, oh, well, I'm, my, my purpose is my kids. No, it's not. No. This is the problem. I think people now are brainwashed into believing that they should, like that's the, obviously kids are the most important thing in life, but they're yeah. saying they should completely change who they are for their family. And be the for second their kids. mom. Exactly. And be the second mom. And I think, they're the traditional values that we've lost in this society where they're saying that you should be a co-parent and you should be there and your time's the most important thing and you should spend all, all this time with your kids. It's it's like my daughter is three now. So she is there, I've got young kids. And me, I'm away a lot, I travel a lot. I'm always doing business things away, networking, doing what. like now I'm in Dubai for two weeks, they're at home. It's hard for my wife she's at home with the kids but that's her responsibility yeah. as a mother is to look after the kids i the impact i have on my daughter's life right now is so small yeah. compared to hers yes and the problem is that the world says to the mother that she's not enough and she needs to go out and work and she needs to do this and my wife she asks me questions all the time like oh i want to get a job i want my own income i want why I don't understand why like, well you've got everything you could ever want yeah you just have to stay home look after the kids look after the household and enjoy your life yeah like money's not a problem it'll be okay yeah. you know oh but i want my money that's it doesn't make sense it's just being pushed on them because the government want double tax households because yeah. they want both parents to pay tax yeah. so they'll make more money they want the parents to be away so that the kids have to go kids. to school and they can be brainwashed yeah. that is what it is you know and and if you don't think of it that way and you don't see it that way, you just think, oh, no, you're, you, you're being unfair because you don't want to look. It's, I have a huge impact on my children's lives and my wife's life, and we have great time together when I'm there. The, the more time I spend away, the better the time is when we're together. Yeah. Because if you sit around all day together and you hold hands and you watch Netflix every night, you just become a loser. That's true. Right. It's reality. Yeah. And that's what the I think you say these 35 to 55-year-old guys, they've lost that juice, that that. that Life like these are the men who
1: get into depression by the way. These Uh, are the men that's a large group of society whether it's here In America, uh, but it's
0: not just the men. It's the women as well because the women start to like If you're a man and you've achieved a lot and you like you say you're 35 doing well You're 50 or you've done well with your life and you create something you built something And then you just have to turn it all off and just become a guy that sits there and watch Netflix with your wife the, the, why did the wife why did the woman get with the man in the first place because she respected him and looked up to him because he was out there conquering Correct. and becoming that's the man all I
1: conquer. that's what I want and, to say yeah
0: and the women don't respect the guy who's just with them every night watching Netflix Who yeah. he becomes a loser it's like well, there's no there's no vibe to the relationship there's nothing there. the guy's not achieving anything right. so it's it's like the if you're going out and you're doing things and you're changing people's lives and you're inspiring people and you're making money and you do it. It's like you come home and you're a conqueror and you're a king and you're, you're, your wife loves you and everything's great and they have a good energy towards you. If you're together every day and you just, how can I, then no relationship in the world is good like that, yeah. no relationship. And the woman doesn't, doesn't have affection for the man. The man doesn't have affection for the woman and they just fall apart and they just do it because society says they should do it. And they, they just say like, oh, we're together in this house and we've got happy family and they lie and they, do. it's all bullshit. Yeah. You know, um, they just try and create this perfect life and it doesn't exist doesn't exist. So my advice, you know, if I, I'm not, I don't believe I'm in the place to give advice, but what I would say my opinion is you need to be true to yourself and be yourself and be the man that the, your wife and your girlfriend fell in love with and be that man and be that inspiring figure that they looked and I thought I want to be with that guy yeah. and stay being that guy. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't care about your family. It doesn't mean that you don't care about your kids because you're away. Of course you do, that's why you're doing it. But you're, you're fulfilling your need, Yes. not theirs. Right. Yep. The yep. byproduct is looking after your family. Yep. You don't do it to look after your family. You do it for your ego. You do it to fulfill who, the man that you should become. Yeah. And then you, you provide for your family. If you say, I'm just doing it for my kids. No, you're not, don't lie. I don't understand that. Like uh, there's fighters, this happens a lot with fighters. Like, oh, I want to dedicate this this fight to my my daughter. They're just saying that to keep the wife happy. It's got nothing to do. <laughs> Trust me, they've got nothing to do with them. They're not doing it for their kids. It's bullshit. Yeah. They just, oh, they've been brainwashed to believe that. Yeah. But they're doing it to fulfill their own ego. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And
1: that's a good thing. I don't think it's Yeah, there's me. nothing wrong with it. The, the, the reason I ask that question is because what I see- is they, like you said, they stop living the life that was supposed, not every man is supposed to be, you know, a G or go explore the world, but there's a certain amount of conquering in an attitude to conquer things in every man's mind. Like every man wants to be big and strong. Every man wants to be respected. Everyone man wants to look cool, do things and start businesses, all of that stuff, right? The second they get into this this thirty-fives and so on, they attach themselves to the the family idea or the woman so much, like, oh, my wife is my partner, my girlfriend's this and this and that. And the second that breaks away, they get into hopelessness and, you know, drink themselves to death. Again, it goes back to the same idea we always talk about within our is building the right brotherhood, having the right network of people always around you, people you look up to, and then being amongst them. That is your, I don't want to say ride or die, but that is sort of your... Your, your your bus where you all go together one direction, right? Not your partner or your kids, like you said. You need to have the right brotherhood with you that pushes you forward and your own kind of life. You need to go explore things and travel and do shit. Go fight, gym, get your face smashed in, <laughs> whatever, right? These things are important. And mm-hmm. when I tell this to these people, oh, no, you're talking shit. You don't understand what you're saying. You don't understand the problems having three kids. They just resigned themselves to that life.
0: Yeah, because they, and again, all this comes down to how far you've gone in the situation you're in, like... I if making changes to your life that affects other people yeah. is it, like, if you've got family, a wife and kids, cause I say you've got three kids yeah. and you feel like making this change is going to affect them. You always feel like you need permission.
1: Yes. You know, yes, and that's the true, problem
0: because true. you've, you've gone through, it's a problem. You It's like you've built your life around these people because they are the most important thing to you, which are, they are, they but you, you are, you're, you're giving, giving up, up yourself. Your, you're giving up a part of yourself appease not even to please to appease your wife and the kids yeah and in the long run you just they they just resent you yeah so it's the complete opposite of what you want it's like you're fulfilling the need in the moment you're not fulfilling the need in the future so it's like which is the i think the problem behind everything in this day and age is everyone's looking for instant gratification and they think if i do this my wife will be happy Yeah. and they're not they'll be happy for a second you know and it's it's a big, big issue. And I, but I think if you're there already to change it, you can't can't just click your fingers and and become a different man. You have to slowly work out of it, you know? and And you have to, this is a big, I think a big misstep with a lot of guys as well, is if you're improving as a man, so say you're improving your income, for example, and you have a family, it's like they need to improve with you right you can't it's not just yours if, if you if you're a family man and you're, you've resided to this fact that you are the guy that provides for the family blah blah, blah 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 so you can't let's use me as an example i'm traveling i'm away all the time uh, you know and if i just keep all the money myself i just go out and we have big dinners and get yeah, drunk yeah. my wife's just at home and i, I don't give her a penny and her yeah, life doesn't get any better. Yeah. She's going to resent me too. Yes. So it's like, you, you have to grow together. But by, by growing yourself, you grow together. Yes. Rather than...
1: you got to be the leader.
0: you got to be the leader. That's a better but, way. But that's it, yeah.
1: been pushed down upon, right? Now yep. the whole thing about... 50-50. Yeah, equality, this and that. You do this, I will do this. You do that, I will do that. And and in, not in bullshit. every... Rela-
0: not in Bullshit. And not in every relationship is it the man that's the leader. There's some where it's the woman. I mean, no relationship that I'm ever going to be in. But there's some where the woman is the leader. Yep. But you any relationship in general well, the same with a business partner if you have a business partner there's always one guy that leads the other it's yeah. not it's never a 50-50 deal it's like i have the ideas you do you provide different things you know you Correct. both can't be the alpha yeah. it's like now they're saying that you should both be alphas in your household you should you and the wife should both be no it's like i'm the alpha she's the beta she does she's told like that's that's happier i'm not yeah. saying it's i'm not saying it in a horrible way i'm saying it like if you take control if she, if, if you're not capable of taking control she can take control yeah. Fine. That's not me, but fine. And she takes control. One of the parties takes control. Both parties become happier. If you try and live fifty fifty, like you said, the society pushing it down, like oh co-parenting, whatever. It doesn't make you a bad dad. If you want to if the woman wants to go out and work, there's plenty of career ladies out there that work, cool. They got the you just test at home dad. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's a different dynamic. I don't believe in it, but me fine. Either. You know, if, I don't think the man's ever going to be happy, but the woman's probably quite happy because she's got that in her for whatever reason.
1: You'll resent, resent him later anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but I'm just saying, like, it, it doesn't have to. There needs to be a leader. Yeah. There needs to be someone that's in charge. There needs to be one that makes the decisions. Yes, you can ask your family for advice. And oh, what should you But the, when it comes down to it, you're the guy that makes the decision. And if you don't have that set up, as I'm saying, so you're. 50, you've got three kids, you're struggling because you have to ask your wife just to go out for a beer with your friends. It's like, oh, I want to, can, is it's okay if I... Um, how do you,
1: you have this conversation? I've had some very powerful men tell me, oh, no, the missus said only one beer tonight, so I'm going on. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> how can you even say that to other people? Uh,
0: Anyway, it's like my situation. I Again, I try, I've got we've got a group in my bay. I live in my bay. There's like yeah. seven of us. There, there's great guys. They're always having a good time. I'm invited out every night. If I'm in my bay every night, I could go somewhere and have you know. And I do say like I've been away for two weeks. I'm going to stay home tonight with my wife because I want to see my wife because yeah, yeah, I've been away. Quite, yeah. I'm not ordered to stay at home. There's a difference, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like I want to make my wife happy because she's my wife. I've been away two weeks. I better stay back, you know. Yeah. Like, but if I'm out, I'm out. If I want to go out, I'm out. It's a different dynamic, you know? Exactly. Um, but if you're so deep down that rabbit hole where you're almost controlled by your, your wife, it's, if I tell you, I'll just tell her to shut up and go do It doesn't yeah. work like that, you know, of course. Um, so I think it's making small steps. And if you're in that situation, first of all, the best way to get away out of it is to get in physical shape, you know? So exactly. Sure. Fighting's great, but training in general. If you're 50 yeah. years old... Getting healthy will help you with everything and your yeah. wife will appreciate it too. Yeah. So if she sees it, cause I, I've got a friend who, um, I said this a similar thing to him. And he was like, oh yeah, but I, I, I can't go to the gym because you know, when am I gonna go? And I can't, I've got to work and then I'm gonna go after work. Goes, oh, but I have to be home. And it's like, so your wife's not gonna let you go to the gym to become healthier? Is that what you're telling me? That's like abuse. Like you can't go to the gym because you want to go to the gym because you want to be in better shape. Yeah. And oh, I'll have to check with... Come on, bro. That, that That's like a red flag. You know, if you are not allowed to improve yourself yeah. that will improve your whole life and your wife's life and everyone's life because she, she wants you to be at home,
1: there's... The, I mean... It changes the frame. That makes the other person insecure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so... And then maybe it's a trade-off. I'm not, you know, maybe it's a trade-off. Like, I'll go to the gym one day. You go to the gym one day. Or at least you're making a step. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't try and do that. But if you've got kids and they need to be looked after and she's upset because you're always at work and then you're at the gym and, and you're in that dynamic, go, okay, you go to the gym Mondays, I go to the gym Tuesdays, and you can you can do that to start with. You know, that's a step if you're really that deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah, the thing is
1: they know the answer to this question, but they won't do it because it's comfortable living in that misery.
0: Yeah, in yeah, your yeah, own filth. Yeah. That's what most people like. It's very difficult to get out of of, of comfort. Yeah. Again, the, 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 everything's comfortable. It's easy. It's easy to be depressed and sit there. And go, it's easy. It's hard to change. It's hard to be a high-value man. It's hard to go to the gym. Oh, it's yeah. hard. It's much easier to just sit at home and be like, oh, watch Netflix and Not be miserable until you become depressed. And then you're yep. all well more depressed because well, you've done nothing for 20 years. Exactly. It's like, apart from go to work, come back and be with your wife. Of course you're depressed. Your life's shit and boring. Yeah. You need to have adventures and do cool stuff. Yeah. That's what we're here for. We're, yeah. You know, so,
1: yeah. It's all about, so I was, asked, I asked myself different questions in terms of, existential questions like, what do I want? You know, What am I doing right now? Where is this all going to? So I truly believe in playing a game with yourself where everything that you do takes you to one or two outcomes that you want, whether that you're losing something. I mean, we have a word for it internally. Uh, whether you're losing something or starting something, this podcast, everything is taking me somewhere that I've planned as the ultimate goal. And that itself gets me out of bed in the morning because I don't really have to do a lot of things. So I don't have to do this. I, mean, I don't need any money from it, but I have a goal at the end of it. So there, there has to be some purpose, some some mentality of conquest that drives you, whatever you are, whether you're 50 or you're 19.
0: I think you said something super interesting, sorry. like and This is something I find incredible. And I don't think many, most people are sleepwalking. I don't understand it. Oh, yeah. You said, I ask myself questions. Yeah. So you said, I ask myself, I think to myself, and this is, this is what differentiates, I can't even say that word.
1: Differentiate.
0: Thank you. Um, us from other animals. We yep. can literally ask ourselves a question and get an answer. So mm. it's, 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 it still blows my mind a little bit. I don't know why I'm getting a bit, but it's like, you are, you can sit there and be like, what, what do I want from life? And you can ponder it and think about it and your brain will give you different answers. So it's like you have, such a a power, that's such a powerful thing to be able to do. So if you want to improve your life, ask yourself, how do I improve my life? And then you will get answers and you have to think like, oh, okay, this, 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 and this, then do those things. It's super simple. So if you're in a place where, if you've allowed yourself to get to a situation where you're depressed or you're unhappy with your life, ask yourself questions every day, wake up. The question I ask myself, you say, I ask myself every day is, do I want to be ordinary? or do I wanna be extraordinary?
1: That's a great question.
0: Every day, and the answer is always the same. Extraordinary, of course I don't wanna be ordinary. So what do I have to do to become extraordinary? I have to do extra stuff. You're making a podcast, yeah. it's extra, because yeah. you wanna be extraordinary. You don't wanna be a regular guy that, you, 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 like you said, you don't need this, you don't need money, you don't, you're happy. But you want more, yeah. because you want to conquer, because you want to try new things, because you want to change your life, Because because you're constantly evolving as a man, and yeah. that's what it's about. So it's like, Ask yourself that question. Do I want to be ordinary or extraordinary? Extraordinary, please. Sweet. Let's go. You know, it's like that power that you have, and it's amazing that you said it. Like, I ask myself every day, like, how do I, that's, I do that. That's such important. a, such a powerful mechanism to like improve your life. Just wake up and say, don't say, what am I going to do today? Think of a question like, how can I make my life better today? Yeah. You know, how can I make my wife's life better if you're in that situation? How can I do this? How can I do that? And you you'll get answers and then do the, and that's a, the thing that you'll do that other people won't do is you'll ask yourself a question, you'll get an answer, you'll think about it, you'll do it. The do it part is what people miss. They'll say, oh, I'm unhappy, how do I get happy? Maybe I should lose some weight. Yeah, maybe lose some weight. Okay, I'm going to go on a diet. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to start a diet. Yeah, it's like, just do it. Just say, I'm going to go on a diet. Okay, I'm on a diet. Done. Yeah. We only
1: have five minutes left. I want to ask you real quickly, some of your key defining successes and failures, let's say, and that changed you for the better. Successes and failures.
0: I mean, successes never really change you for the better in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Failures change you a lot. Oh, yeah. Because they hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're very, very painful moments. And that, that's what inspires me to become better is when I fail. So I told you at the beginning of the podcast, I went to the gym because I thought I could beat some guy up and I got beat up by a midget. And it pained me so much that I became a UFC fighter. Yeah. That's literally, that was the failure. The yeah. failure is a man. So I've had many of ups and downs in fighting. Um, and I got asked this question myself uh, recently Was fighting the hardest thing you've ever done in your life? Hmm. And fighting is insanely difficult it is right it's incredibly you could go into the nuance of it but it's incredibly difficult but that's not the hardest thing i've done in my life the hardest thing i've done in my life is stopping fighting and doing something else because it's just yeah,
1: you can't tra- transferring that mentality is difficult
0: that's difficult but the, the problem is you become so 15 years 15 years of my life every day wake up train twice a day do jiu do kickboxing, do whatever, do bo- watch my diet. It just becomes automatic, becomes autopilot. Yeah. Like everyone in the, their life, okay, you're an architect or whatever you're doing for a living, it's easy. Yeah. Doing something new is fucking difficult. Yeah. You know, and that's what I would say was harder for me. Getting into fighting, obviously, if I go back to when I was 19, 20, it was super difficult and, and I went through all these challenges and great. But I was a young man who was, it's easy to, like when you're young and you're, you're passionate, it's easy. It wasn't difficult for me to be a fighter because I really wanted to be a fighter. Yeah. I I knew exactly what I wanted to do and fighting is the simplest thing. I'm going to beat that guy. Okay, three months, I'm fighting this guy, I'm going to beat him, I'm going to prove I'm better than him. I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to train because I'm going to beat this guy because I'm going to prove I am better than him. Done. Easy. Okay, take that away. What are you going to do now? (sighs) Fuck. Um, It's not easy. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Shooting range? Supergars? I've literally literally had... (laughs) For the last 15, I mean, I've been a couple of years now, but for 15 years, every three, four months, I was having a fight. So I knew. So, I got, And that's, after you win a fight, you've got like two weeks of nothing. And yep. the first, like three days, I'm depressed. because so like, I, I've got no direction. Yeah. What am I doing in my life? So they say like a fighter dies twice. Yeah. When he retires and when he dies. So when you retire, you're like. That's a great line what the fuck am I going to do now? Like literally what? And that's why a lot of people fight way past their prime. Yeah. And they get hurt and they get, and they do it for the money. Money gets good. So you start, you know, when you start making 50, 100, $200,000 every fight, it's easy to just keep fighting. It's like, I'll fight twice a year and I can live. You know, it's like,
1: so you have a lot of that experience. I mean, I'm always fascinated by fighters. They're special, special human beings. Because mm-hmm. what you go through as a fighter is unbelievable. 99% of the population will never go through the emotions that you go through. So you obviously have a lot of experience in that. And a lot of this is, apart from the physical aspect, is mental. So have mm-hmm. you carried that to the real world now? Have, are you trying to teach people about it
0: in some way? Yeah, it's, 100% that's my like mission now yeah. like you said my my purpose yeah. now i feel that these lessons that i have learned i'm very fortunate well, so fortunate to be able to articulate a message and speak very very clearly and very well i feel like i have especially the state of men right now masculinity yeah. i have an incredible ability to teach people we need people like you how to to push themselves forwards yeah. to, to do what i did physically and mentally is you know, there's like 0.1% of the world that can do it. That's why you have the elite UFC level. You yep. know, the people that get there yep. are special human beings. The people that leave and become depressed is extremely high. It's like yep. being in the army. Yep. You go to the army, you come out, you have that brotherhood. What do you do? I am super fortunate that I have my network now because Correct. it's like my brotherhood. Yes. And he's given me direction. And for me now, my goal and my purpose is to teach other young men all of the lessons that I have learned to try and get them to push forward and to, to, to become better men and to utilize all the lessons I learned mentally, the tricks, the things that I've done to improve myself oh, as a man. so
1: much to learn. Where, where can they find more about it? What can they well, do?
0: I, well, I've, I've started a mentorship now with, but that's for high worth individuals, the high net worth individuals to try and improve their business yeah. and to try and get over mental barriers. Like we said, there's a lot of guys out there now, 30 plus, that are multimillionaires, but they're fat, lazy got no relationship skills can't communicate so i try and bring everything together under underneath a three-month mentorship so they can you know they speak to me every day and we go through this to improve that it actually helps with their business helps with their relationships and helps with their life everything to do with it and then i also have smaller uh, products that i sell through my instagram that you can find at luke barnett and it just it's like a 50 dollar product that will get you thinking the right way and give you some mental tricks to try and improve your life and it's been extremely successful for me i feel straight away that i i'm on the right path and yeah. I, I i get such amazing energy from these guys when i help them with their lives and yeah. their stories and the, 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 the i'm super fortunate to be able to do it and i think that's a huge part of it for me is like giving back to these people because i'm i've, I've lived an extraordinary life i really have it like is. being a fighter and, and i've traveled the whole world i've been everywhere i i i'm not I don't get the same buzz, you know, from these things. Like my wife would say, I'm going to Japan, I'm doing that. It's like, I don't care, like I don't, I'm in Dubai, I don't care. I, I, yeah. It becomes normalized, you know, yeah. the thing that gives me that feeling that victory of winning a fight is like helping someone else and them achieving someone something. Someone
1: said, tells you, you helped me. That was yeah. great. Uh, Through great my lessons. Day. You know, yes.
0: it, it's a super, super great feeling. Yeah. And um, that's the the dopamine hit that I'm chasing now. Mm. You know, it's, it's <laughs> people, I'm not selfless. I'm helping them to help myself you know that that's how i get my mean here i get my feeling of, of gratitude and, and happiness is through other people and through my kids obviously
1: i mean i don't think you should be shy charging anybody because you learned all those lessons getting punched in the face <laughs> how many people can actually do that yeah. those are very hard lessons and they're expensive <laughs> good stuff anything else you want to add what's next for you any message you want to share
0: Um, I mean, for me, I'm on this journey now. I'm on this journey now, the personal brand I'm building and how I'm trying to help people. I want to spread the word. We, we, We didn't really quite touch on it, like mentorship and people in our lives. We're both super fortunate. Um, to be part of this network and to, to meet so many influential people and then the, we're all trying to send the same message The message of masculinity and to help young men try and find their path I mean, it's spearheaded by Andrew Tate and he's the guy that has, has brought us all together yeah. and what's happening to him right now is Disgusting and, and horrible Absolutely. But in I know from it He will become a stronger individual and I know his message will be stronger because of it so it's 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 almost like what they're trying to do by silencing him in this way- Is, is making co- him bigger. Is making him bigger, is making him better. They're proving the point of what he's trying to say. Exactly. So it's working in reverse for them. Um, and I just want everyone to really think. That's what I, the message I'm trying to send to guys is to, to really think deep down about what every bit of information that you're allowing to go into your minds. Yeah. And is it positive for you or is it negative for you? Yeah. And like to quote Tate, he always says, I do not believe anything that makes me weaker. I do not believe it. It cannot exist. And if it cannot exist, it cannot hurt me. And if you can create a mind like that, you can achieve anything you want. And that's the mind I'm trying to create, the mind I'm trying to help others create, and I'm trying to get them to, to really think carefully about the information and the people that they follow. Because now, because of social media, because of the internet, because of the way the world is going, there is so much... Information that proves that we are being used. Yeah, you know we're products now. And and you don't if you don't want to become that guy and you don't want to become just another battery that's working throughout this world. And you want to become somebody, you have to take control of your mind. Yeah, that's what I want people to do: take control of their mind. And I want them to understand the importance of the information that they are allowing into their heads, because there's so much bullshit out there that is is designed to destroy you. So that, that's what I want. I want people to take note and to try and find positive influence. Find a role model that you can look up to, that you want to become like. Not some guy talking bullshit that has no experience, that has done nothing with his life, that is telling you to stay at home and wear a mask. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Like go out there and, and conquer and, and do what you can to become exactly. a bad man.
1: I, I, and Andrew Ted told me the same thing as well. We've all we we've, we've all been told the same message. Refuse to believe anything that takes your power away, and that is sounds very cool. But if you really internalize and understand it, that's a very powerful statement. You, if you refuse to believe anything that takes your power away, you become very powerful, and that's a mental. A, it's, it's a mental superpower. People don't understand it. The
0: mental superpower is not only not allowing others to influence you negatively but yourself. Yeah. So, I do not believe any statement that makes me weaker even if it's from my own mouth. Even if I think it, I have to get rid of that quickly. Yep. Because that's the real problem. is like I always say like thoughts Bring a are spell on yourself. You. Yeah, we say spells yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're yeah. casting spells, you're controlling your own mind by every word that you say, yeah. by every thought that you have and yeah. like everyone thinks that what you think you say, yeah. right? And the way you can direct your thoughts is through your voice, through exactly. what you say. So exactly. the, the, when you talk, I say you've got like three minds like that are all cont- trying. Did to you try use to that in your thought. fight career? A hundred percent. Yeah, that makes So sense. one of one of the big lessons that I talk about and I teach, it, which I used in my fight career is I used to walk out to, uh, I used to go, go out to the Beatles my walk song was a Beatles song come together by the Beatles because my dad it was in homage to him because he's a huge Beatles fan so he never used to come watch me fight but I just thought I'd you know, pay him respect by walking out to a song yes. he's a huge Beatles fan and I would come out and you, if you watch my fights, you'd see me, I used to say like phrases, like affirmations. Yes. So as I walked to the cage, I'd be saying things like I am powerful, I am relentless, I have endless energy, I'm unstoppable. And these, and these would be phrases that I would be putting out to universe to control my inner mind and my yes. inner thoughts. Yes. And it was it put me in a flow state, made me feel great. And, I, and I, I have a whole system behind it that I do teach in my mentorship and all this sort of stuff. But it it, it made me feel invincible. But which is what you need to feel when you're getting into a cage to fight another human being that's, to, that's you know spent three four months trying to destroy you, so yeah. training to destroy you. So it was, um, yeah, it was huge for me. Awesome,
1: awesome. I didn't realize we passed one hour. We've got to do another part very soon. I wanted to dive deeper into successes and failures and the lessons. And how, how did you take that experience from the fight world into the real world? We discussed it yesterday, but I want to go deeper. Probably do another episode. Right. Anyway, thank you luke for coming in lovely conversation i don't realize we passed one hour again (laughs) we have to leave it's good lovely seeing your brother we'll catch up soon
0: i appreciate it nice one thank you man cheers dude